good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never, never a good day without a good trigger. Hi, folks. Welcome to the Beloved Presence podcast. This is Leslie Davidson, and I am your High Priestess of Holy Shit. Okay, so today we're doing something all over a little bit differently. I am I'm chatting with uh, Shivani from solaceandshine.ca. Um, Shivani is a medium, an intuitive artist, uh, a sannyasin on the yogic path. She uh, has an ashram in BC, in the Purcell Mountains of BC. And um, she's going to talk with us today about um well eventually we get to yoga ecology but not in this episode <laughs> today we talk about a lot of stuff and it's um it's a good time uh i hope you enjoy it listening to your podcast is bringing me back to like back in my early 20s my initial first like mystical revelation of oneness and all of the stuff that came in at that time like your podcasts were just, it's like re-sparking that, that, oh, it's all real. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like bringing beautiful. it back to that. Yeah. yeah, it was just, it was really beautiful. There was a lot of stuff that, and, and I got triggered by something you said. Oh, oh good. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Never, never a good day without a good trigger. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Hooray, triggering. Um, yeah, you said, oh, you know, when people say I am God, that's a red flag. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah, I say that. I have said that. I think I said that recently. But like, I understand. I understand that, that I like I get it because it's not a comfortable place to be in. We are God is like the next bigger truth. But it also made me reflect on what that meant for me in my life. And how important it was for me back in the same time in my early 20s, there was this um, campaign in Canada by the Molson Canadian Brewery Company. That was the I am Canadian. Right. In it. And so I am was this huge, another revelation in my life. It was a statement of beingness that I had never had before in my life to say I am, I exist. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I am. And the next step to that was, oh, I am also God. Because in Christianity in the West, like, you're mm -hmm. not. <laughs> like, you're not well, at yeah. all. You yeah. know, so, like, that is a definite step. But I was, I was totally like, oh, no, like, I'm triggered that she would think that something that I did was a red flag. So there's <laughs> been a lot of, like, there, oh, there's awesome. been a lot of, of I don't know. Um, there's just been a lot of like, oh, I'm coming into community with a woman who has been practicing a spiritual path for a long time. And I had a lot of like insecurity about that. Right. Do you know what I mean? Cool. Yeah. Yeah. No, don't, don't. Aw, do you want me, do you want okay. me to speak to, do you want me to speak to that languaging a little bit to, to give context a little bit more? Would, would um, that be helpful? No, like I, if you want, if you feel guided to do that, for sure. I feel like it's just all my own stuff around my right. insecurity, walking a path. And, and this is all yeah. very new to me within the last two uh -huh. years of, of accepting my, my wisdom as real uh -huh. and shareable. 
yeah which is beautiful and well yeah and I've always like I'm I'm grappling as well with the fact that I'm not part of an organized religion like there's no um there's no like established background lineage that I belong to Mm -hmm. but I also belong to like I'm reconnecting to the Celtic part of it which is Mm -hmm. uh, giving me belonging so I mean there's a lot going on here right (laughs) for me anyway in terms of my growth and the things that I'm learning about myself and so thank you for (laughs) for being here to my (laughs) to my triggers well your story about um going to the ashram the first time and having that experience with that guy who like came with a lot of questions and had a lot of things to say about you and how you realized like no like you know your truth and you know what 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 is real and what has happened and your guru would know as well and that you yeah if he was legit you know if he yeah sure if if the guru dude was was legit then he would know like right and yeah that was and and so of course it's like it's not that I believe some old man would believe me that's 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 what the west looks at it and sees but it's not it's that if if at the essence I knew that the truth God love the the higher self would know the truth of my intentions and my heart and that then that's that's what I would need it and that was really the first experience of trusting myself you know you project it you project it onto the outside but I'm not projecting it onto a, a human being that was um going to project it back I was projecting it onto a human being that had dissolved so much of the individual consciousness himself that he wouldn't he wouldn't even you know consider the that understanding so it was it was literally like taking that self-knowledge and throwing it through a portal right into the heart of the universe going well right yeah yeah and knowing that the larger that beginning know you. yeah 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 exactly I, I know I like I resonated with that really strongly and felt also very um like a lot of gratitude that you had um you had allowed yourself to be vulnerable and share a lot of like you've shared a lot of yourself in your podcast there's a lot of of yeah. you and your, and your stories and like that I'm was like to oh. realize this <laughs> no no but it's great like it actually yeah. like it was it was so perfect for me to feel like oh okay like this is a safe space like there's not going to be judgment here and that's really what mm-hmm. you know that's what I was worried about is like oh I'm going to be I'm going to be spiritually judged for being inferior and I know that that's my own stuff yeah like I, like I know that <laughs> I know that um but your yeah. sense of self there in your podcast was very like oh no that's that is mine that's my own my own fear mm-hmm. and my own stuff and 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 Shivani's safe here so like relax yeah. <laughs> so there's been a lot going on in myself oh it's been a very <laughs> intense couple of weeks so I'm really not like you're right you're right there with us it's like the last couple of weeks have been very intense um they re yes. reorientating yeah on the inside for me also so you know but this is this is why we came this is the deliciousness yes, yes exactly exactly yeah. when I can remember that and not 
you know, be overwhelmed yeah. in just the things that are happening. Um, I, uh, I'm really interested to hear about uh, yoga ecology and yeah, like that's yoga. Yeah. Yoga ecology is so, something like in the West, it's like very new, of course, in, in the ancient texts and that it's, it's fundamental. It's just that the West has been so obsessed with standing on its head that it's, it's only just starting to wake up to, to realize that yoga is not an exercise regime, but a, an orientation to life. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, that is non-denominational and, and polythesic. You know, yoga is, is polythesic. Even Tantra and Vedanta are polythesic philosophies. They don't have a God. And they don't even have a Hindu God, right? They are the philosophy behind the one. And you can project onto whichever one you want it to, to be. It's, it's, not, it's not a recruiting I system. I didn't realize that. I thought it was strictly part of, of a Hindu spiritual practice. So the way that I relate and understand to it and the way I have been taught is that Vedanta and Tantra are the the two main philosophies that yoga is the scientific practices and mm, sort of like the practical aspect of preparing the human self for experiences embedded Mm. in the philosophies. Out of those philosophies um, is born uh, the, the people experiencing those philosophies is born Buddhism, is born Hinduism. Um, okay. Now, the, the, the gods, the Hindu gods are actually the mandalas of light that are connected to the tantric, um, the, the tantric philosophies. So in Tantra, born out of Tanoti and Trayati to expand and liberate consciousness. That's what Tantra means. It's not about taking your clothes off or sex or orgies or anything like that. Like, <laughs> nope. Uh, you know, it's expand and liberate consciousness. And in that philosophy, to do that process, we relate to frequencies on three different ways mantra, sound, yantra the visual geometric shapes like the Sri Yantra, which are actually three-dimensional, but we experience them two-dimensionally and we draw them two-dimensionally. And mandala as the form. And so all the Hindu gods, all of their symbologies of what they're holding and the positions they are and the color of their skin and the color of their clothes and everything like that are all like a recipe of the subconscious mind to be hit to the specific archetypal frequencies of the soul relating to itself so the hindu gods are actually these mandalas these three-dimensional forms of light that are like a symphony playing inside of us on a resonant level and so when we bow down to those hindu gods we're actually taking the ego and putting it to the side so that the higher self can relate directly to the experience of embodied divinity on a calibrational level yes so hinduism and dharma the brahma the brahmins of hinduism are like okay well this has to be kept very very sacred and very very pristine and very very (laughs) person and so we're going to create a whole bunch of rules around it and call that hinduism um, okay. <laughs> but if you go beyond Hinduism, it's actually, yeah. 
that makes so a Jesus, lot of sense. Jesus was a guru. As yeah. I wrote in my book, The Yoga of Remembrance, Jesus was a guru. He was an embodiment of the divine light on mm-hmm. earth, setting the example of what was possible. Right. And not yeah. a separate, unattainable, gate kept. Yeah, that's that much, only that's Christianity much more, has. Oh yeah, no, it's totally else. You know, no, yeah. that's much more the patriarchy. That's the religious power right. over governmental. You know, yeah. you have to go through me. You do not have sovereignty. The sovereign is the king. Right. The sovereign is the king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have sovereignty. There is no separation between you and the divine. And when you mm-hmm like my experience of actually stepping into a lineage and having a guru is the guru has no interest in being being between you and god mm-hmm. the guru is nothing but like a transmitter that is sitting there vibrating at this is what embodied divinity feels like now you calibrate to it right inside of yourself so that you mm-hmm. can experience the divinity inside of yourself without having to go through me this is not a codependent thing right yeah yeah which is That's very awesome. different to what the west thinks it is it's not at all like it's completely different yeah well the west is very like hierarchical so there's always got to be someone on top you know yeah. like exactly. pointing down and telling you instead of us exactly. coming together and oh coming up together yeah yeah. yeah so that's I think where so that in the podcast <laughs> when I said you know people who say I am God or I am humble or I am enlightened it's a red flag because if they're speaking in the context to the context not even if they are embodying it but if they are speaking to the people that are still in the bandwidth of seeing things only through a hierarchy hierarchy like the western mind does then that statement whether it's true or not to speak that statement to that audience is to create separation right right i is right, separate where, from we yes yeah exactly yeah. and so the people that are are embodied their divinity do not need to say it and and then when you are with a group that is of a different bandwidth where they're not in that hierarchy bandwidth and you say, I am God or divinity is within me or we are God, because it's it's being heard through the ears without the hierarchy, it's a completely different statement. So it's not just about who's saying it, but who are they saying it to? Do you not think that it's also valuable to say we are God, even to people who are still in a hierarchy mindset, just from the point of view of constant reference to the holiness, like the whole yeah to say we are god yeah to say we are god God, absolutely to say i am god while technically correct (laughs) because they can't see beyond the eye they're going to see it as you are god right and with the possibility of putting putting that as above and to be followed and like all of that pedestal stuff yeah reverend stuff exactly exactly Yeah. yeah yeah exactly and those with the what those with the resonance capable of holding that space don't say it right they say it's never been a comfortable thing to say say. you they say you you, are god oh okay 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 i am god you know Mm -hmm. they're saying you are god if they want the person to plant the seed that they are god they would not say i am god 
they would say you are God right because that's right. planting the seed in that person in them okay because you don't yeah. need to say it for your own benefit <laughs> no <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 you know it's like when people say I am humble you're like are you are you though if you have to if you have to say you're <laughs> humble <laughs> Yeah. Then, you know, yeah. I'm so no, humble. I'm fair. the humblest person you'll ever meet. <laughs> I, I'm the most humble. I'm the best at being humble. So, I am like <laughs> totally. <laughs> ah, that's like, super funny. That's super funny. But that's the Leela of the, the play. Jovialness of this human creation. It's pretty funny when you are, <sighs> when you start to step back from it and see all the pieces playing out and all of this symphony going on inside of you and the horns are a little bit off some days and the flutes are like a little bit and some days like it's it is angels singing and other days it's dear god can we get past the tuning you know and it's just, yeah it's funny it is funny and the universe has the best sense of humor like the like you know when it the thing happens and you're like of course it's that exact thing of course yeah. it is <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah of course. And, then, and that realization to me that realization in itself is what I bow to that is that realization of seeing the universe as Leela like that is to me another form of God it's 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 what I oh it's what I'll bow to yeah well it's it's all it's all God right it's, it's all God <laughs> <laughs> literally 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 Literally. (laughs) oh god it's all god yeah that's great so how how using yoga um ecology can we move this idea of it's all god like into the world more especially in relationship to trees and nature because this is breaking my heart like Um. Like, I think you know what I'm saying when like, like it's, it's getting harder and harder to, to not feel that all the time. Like it's, Mm -hmm. it's a deep grief. It's like my, my biggest grief actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yoga ecology is about, so yog meaning um, union and Mm -hmm. ecology being in relationship to earth or to Gaia. So yoga ecology is about once again, becoming one with the land and to have a relation to consider, to have a relationship with, to consider the land of where you reside and where you have come from and where your ancestry has come from and where you sleep at night to be a part of the family to be a relation yeah. and to remember to bring that conversation back in reciprocity in you know taking it out of rights and bringing it into responsibility and you know this is where the work of Robin Wall Kimmerer is absolutely phenomenal with um, braiding sweetgrass and this is where um, Tom Brown Jr. with grandfather again absolutely phenomenal because there are these capsules of remembrance of like oh we are part of not on you know the land even even the work of um Jacqueline Freeman 
I think, hold on, I have it right here, Jacqueline, yeah, Jacqueline Freeman um, with her book, Song of Increase. Oh my God, you're going to love it because it really is bringing the yoga ecology of the honeybee hive into a direct parable of what humans are capable of as a collective consciousness. Yeah. And how if we can recalibrate to the hive mentality, if we can recalibrate to living with nature like the bees live with within nature, we can actually come back into that resonance. Now, fun fact, the human heart on the esophageal scale resonates at approximately 432 hertz um, that is very much the foundation of the heart's frequency and the honeybee hive uh, a healthy happy hive will resonate just over 400 hertz hmm. so the frequency of the honeybee hive when it's healthy and strong actually resonates at the foundation of the fifth dimension of the human heart so that's the fifth dimension that you're talking about when you say fifth dimension all the time. Okay. Yeah. Because so so the un our universe is the fifth dimension. But we've been under sort of a shield of mm, Maya, Maya of mm -hmm. of delusion that's anchored us into a very polarized perspective. But the foundation mm -hmm. of the fifth and that the fifth dimension is the entire thing, but the resonance goes from one through to high 12. And then in every bandwidth from one to 12, there is minor scales mm. of like, so you can be fourth density, you know, the lower half of fourth density or the higher half of fourth density, the lower half of fifth density, the higher. And it changes reality with every calibration of density, but the dimension is the fifth. Is the fifth, dimension. okay. Yeah, okay. is the fifth dimension. And fun um, fact that yoga has something called Brahmari and Brahmari is the humming bee breath, which is considered the oh, healing breath. Interesting. And it, that is what uh, the heart resonates at is Brahmari, the humming bee breath. Yeah. That makes sense. I see mm -hmm. us as a, like as a globe, as a society, as evolving into or through the heart chakra right now that's why it's so difficult mm -hmm. do you know what I mean yeah you have to feel it like you we can't heal it until we feel yeah. it so well a lot of everyone's just trying not to feel it well, <laughs> you exactly. know what I mean but that's, like, that's the thing everybody's trying to fill a glass so if you look at your spinal column from the root muladhara chakra through the portal of Swadhisthana that's where the babies come through right the uterus to Manipura, which is the lower mind. Then you have the diaphragm, which is actually your dimensional divide. Then the foundation of the fifth is the heart, which is actually the higher mind. To get from the lower mind to the higher mind, you have to surrender. Mm. Now to anybody in the paradigm of the third dimension, to surrender is to become weak or to lose. Mm -hmm. But that's a power over technique. That's, a, that's the um, propaganda. Mm -hmm. that we've been fed that I bought into for many years don't get me wrong in fact my teacher wrote a birthday card once that said Shivani uh surrender is not a four-letter word uh <laughs> because every time she mentioned surrender like my skin would crawl going no way man not me uh and so then this brings us into the portal of uh Vishuddhi chakra which is the throat so what's happening in the throat is mirrored in Swadhisthana and in the sexual nature of the human experience. 
Mm-hmm. So right now, everybody's trying to come into love and into connectivity and all of that beauty, but they're trying to fill a glass from halfway up the glass. Mm-hmm. And when the work is not done in those lower three frequencies of fear, guilt, desire, like likes and dislikes, Ragadeshwa, control, shame, anger, power over, if those are not purified to pure water, then when you start filling the glass into the heart, you're just going to end up with mud and attachment yeah. and grief. Yeah. Yeah. So while it's important to keep our eye on the prize of coming into a cohesive interconnected experience of love as a, as a, as a community, we have to understand that to do that, first we have to find the sovereignty, come out of victim mentality and come out of fear because the only thing that, that blooms fear, fear flowers is the seeds of fear. Mm-hmm. So when you're no longer afraid, the heart can open. I've recently discovered for myself that I've been an angry person most of my life, but anger was a cover-up for the fear because mm-hmm. I felt safer in anger because it felt more powerful. It felt more safe, like I could fight yep. against And now I don't, I don't have that, that armor of angry self-righteousness anymore. And now when it comes, it's just fear, which is on one hand, great, because Mm -hmm. I'm recognizing it for what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, on the other hand, it's still fear. So that's always fun. Yeah. (laughs) So, so when, when we want to come out of the shadow of a chakra and into the the highest expression of that chakra of muladhara mul means root so it is the foundation if you don't water the roots you won't grow the rest of the tree and so when we want to come out of fear we have to redirect because it's just energy the mind says it's fear but it's just an amplification of the energy in that aspect of the consciousness when we want to come out of fear we have to come into trust now as catholics recovering catholics you know, Christians, we're, we're taught that we have to trust the priest, we have to trust our parents, we have to trust, you know, the government, we have to, so everything we've been conditioned to trust, one, has proven they're not really worthy of that trust, they're not actually as safe as we thought they were, and so we need to redirect that essence of trust to an aspect of divinity. Now, that can be Jesus, but it has to be an aspect of divinity that is attainable. It cannot come from this, it is so above me and, and, and beyond me. This is why I personally love the, the, the tantric forms of mandalas of what most people call Hindu gods of Ganesha and Durga and Shiva and that because one, there's many of them. So you can like, you know, connect to which one, but they, they hold the essence of what it is to embody the opposite of that shadow and can you can calibrate to it using the mantra the frequency of that mandala of that god so you for fear you would chant to ganesha because the frequencies of ganesha are actually in full trust even beyond death and that Mm. is the mythology of ganesha so when we seed our faith into something beyond this world beyond this humanality of the experience then whether we live or whether we die, it does not matter. Our faith is unwavering. Right. Then nothing can stop you. Right. 
Yeah. yeah. No, no, so that's... what do you trust? Okay. What form? What form is so beautiful? Like for me, because my name is Shivani, Shiva being fearless. Shivani is another name for Durga, which is the fearless mother. Because I have a lot of anxiety. So I really got to work at trusting. So, you know, I got the 32 names of Durga uh, as an offering. Wow. To, to be like, no, this okay. lifetime, let's go. Divine mother, let's... the left side of the body. We're going fearless, you know, but you have to be able to chant it. And in fact, mm-hmm. I asked the tattoo artist to learn how to chant it before I would let her put it on me. Because I wanted okay. her to be in the resonance of the mantra. You know, so because it's, it's all physics. It's mm, all yeah. resonance. Yeah. yeah. That's really neat. Hmm. Hmm. It's interesting how a different language um, helps to readjust your, your mind mm-hmm. to something that you're not quite understanding. It's beyond like, your mm-hmm. mind to like filter yeah. it and say oh I get it or I know it do you know what I mean it's, yeah 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 well, um, well Sanskrit is not a it's not a um intellectual I mean it's it, it's intellectual but it's it's not an intellectual language it's a language of life it's light language mm-hmm. because it's just purely resonant it's not saying Durga is this and Durga is that and when you're like I believe that I believe that it's not about what you believe it's what you can feel just like you said at the beginning of our right. discussion you have to be able to feel it. And when you chant mantras, you can feel them. Even if you can't chant them, if you just listen to them, you can feel your body start to calibrate in this frequency of light that the mantra is holding. Interesting. I'm yeah, learning my, very my Celtic. It is very beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, the Celtic reconnecting has brought me to Gaelic, which is mm-hmm. interesting because the Irish, the Irish feel that that um, Irish and, and Gaelic is magic. It's a manifestation yeah. language. Yeah. And I'm getting that, like the book, um, Speaking to the Trees from Diana Beresford Kroger yep. is Kroger, where yep. I first, yeah. Um, well, it's brought me from Irish to Gaelic because I'm both Irish. Right. Well, you would know too. Um, yes. Yeah, but that it's having a resonance in me that I don't really understand in my mind and yeah. I'm okay with that just saying the words um brings yeah. connection to uh physical embodiment of yeah. spirituality so yeah and you just got to follow those breadcrumbs because they're absolutely <laughs> delicious breadcrumbs. Yes. <laughs> yes it is breadcrumbs <laughs> right I love that yeah yeah 100%. yeah 